Praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Julius Adeume of the Gospel Distribution Ministry. I believe the Lord is going to bless you as we continue this faith series. And what we are talking about is the actions of faith. The actions that your faith should, should demonstrate for God to give you the miracle and to make it permanent. I'm going through some examples of people that exercise their faith in the Bible. Reading from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, we see what the Bible calls, how the Bible defines faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is, this substance will be in your heart that makes you to be strongly believing that this thing is going to happen the way you desire. That substance in your heart is what we call faith. It will look like it's a, 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 a something you can almost touch in your heart. No, no wavering. That is the faith that he's talking about. He says it's the substance of things you hoped for. And that's the only evidence you have of things you have not seen yet. You just know in your heart, I'm going to receive it. And in verse 6, he said, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is... And we must believe that God exists, number one. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, very important to take note of that last phrase. Diligently seek him. So, we need to diligently seek the Lord. And like the word of God said, And you shall find me when you shall seek me with all of your heart. So we have to be diligent, not a few moments or trying out one, I'll try this, if it does not happen, I'll give up. No, you have to diligently seek him. And then you get to please the Lord and you get the answer to your prayer. I'm going to give another example here of this testip of the story in the Bible that exercise that show what faith exercising of faith really is. Let's go to the Acts of the Apostles. There is a story in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, that we can use to demonstrate what faith is and how to stand on our ground, stand our ground when we are trying to exercise faith. And there will be several obstacles to faith, what we call the voice of reasoning that may want to knock off our faith. But we have to stand against that also. We have to resist that. There may be the voice of doubt the voice of reasoning, the voice of impatience, all of those things, they could be opposing us when we try to exercise faith. And we have to shut down all of those other voices and hold on to faith and God will say, that is, we are putting in an action. Because faith with action is believing. Your faith with action is what we call you really believe. Let's go to this story in the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 9. Verse 36. Now, in the book of Acts of the Apostles, you know that in this, during the time of the Acts of the Apostles, the Apostles are now ministering. Apostle Peter was the one in this story. He, he has been performing miracles and signs and wonders in Jerusalem, and there have been persecution up and down, but during this time, there was some peace for the Apostles. And in verse 36, the story went and said, Before that, let's lay the foundation of what 
was going on in this story apostle peter from jerusalem decided to go visit some other brethren in other cities around judea and this and the area of israel verse 31 verse 31 they said then had the churches rest throughout all judea and galilee and samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the lord and in the comfort of the holy ghost were multiplied so there have been some quietness for the believers in Judea, Samaria, Galilee, all around. After all the persecution that was going on before, and after that of Apostle Paul that raised persecution, after that, that had been some quietness. So Apostle Peter decided to visit some of the other groups in the other cities. And verse 32 says, And it came to pass as Peter passed throughout all quarters. He came down also to the saints which dwelt at Leda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years. Now they say a certain man, they didn't say the man was a believer, most likely he was already a believer among the brethren. And the man was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. Now that is a demonstration of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there was no mention of the fate of this man called Aeneas. He has been in paralyzed for many years. Maybe all along the believers that were around there have prayed for him, could have prayed for him, could have prayed for him and there was really nothing happening. So it was just part of the brethren, maybe perhaps on wheelchair or perhaps paralyzed whatever way he, he was in those days. But Peter came around and by this time just to visit this group and he saw this man and the Holy Ghost moved upon Peter to pronounce healing for that man. That was the act of the Holy Ghost really and using Peter to do this miracle and the man was instantly healed. Now there are demonstrations of power of God like that many times without the faith of anybody involved other than perhaps the faith of the, the man that Christ is using. Peter, because he had to believe that the Lord Jesus Christ was the one that spoke to him, or the Holy Ghost that is the one that moved upon him to say what he wanted to say to this man, and let's see the Holy Ghost do it, and the Holy Ghost did it. Because that, when we, when I'm, if I'm talking to you that's listening to you, if you are a minister, or you are a believer, you can exercise your faith to pray for other people, so laying, basing your prayer on the word of God that said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out the wolves. And in last verse said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. When you see somebody that is needing miracle, you can take the step. And that's what we do. We take the step and pray for the person if he wants us to pray for him. Or if she wants us to pray for him. Well, in short, if you ask, would you like to be pray for and she says, yes, please pray for me, then we take the step. If somebody calls you to come and pray for somebody and they want you to pray, we pray for them. And that's what we do whether in crusades or in individual houses or we just see somebody that they, but in the situation where the Holy Spirit moves upon you, that is very important. That is when instant miracles happen. I can testify to this in many of my outreaches. When the Holy Ghost moved upon you to do it, 
That means the Lord wanted to do something right there for that person. And that is when miraculous, instant miracles usually occur. But in many other cases, when we just feel the desire to pray for somebody that is sick, or somebody invites us to come and pray, their faith, the faith of whoever invited you will be necessary. The faith that whom you are praying for may be necessary. Or you, yourself, as exercising faith may be necessary to, to try to pray for this fellow and get him or her well. But when it is the Holy Ghost that wanted to perform wonders, that wants to perform miracles, and he moved upon you as a minister and says, speak to this fellow, that means the Holy Ghost wants to do that miracle. All you need to do is to do what the Holy Ghost says you should do, or say what the Holy Ghost says you should say, and you see instant miracle right before your eyes. I can give testimonies and testimonies of that in all my in all my in all my outreaches. But let's go to this story in the Bible. This is what you see in this example of Apostle Peter. So this man that was paralyzed among the brethren, he didn't ask whether the man has faith or whether the man will exercise faith. He just spoke as the Holy Ghost moved upon Peter and said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ make it thee all. Arise and make thy bed. Jesus Christ make thee all. Arise and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. That means the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that moved upon Peter to say what he said rather than just Peter trying to exercise his authority. It was Jesus Christ that just moved upon him to say what he said and make the man get miracle instantly. That add to the record of what the Holy Ghost has done in the in the Acts of the Apostles. Because the Lord has this record of what the Holy Ghost has done in the Acts of the Apostles and this is one of them that has already been done, written before even it happened. Because many things we are walking through through stages in life, it has already been it has already happened in the mind of God and it's already recorded in heaven. So when we get to that situation the Holy Ghost will move upon you to do it and it will be so. Then when we get to the place where we are the one exercising our faith, yeah, we exercise our faith, sometimes we wrestle with the devil and the Lord is on our side and we get results also. But instant miracle happen when the Holy Ghost moved upon you as a servant of God to talk or to say or to do and we see instant results in many situations like that. Now let's go further in this story of Apostle Peter. And the Bible said in verse 35 of Acts of the Apostles chapter 9, after Aeneas was healed, that all that dwelt at Leda and Saron, they saw him and turned to the Lord. Because they have known this man for eight years, bedridden. And now he stood up and was healed. They all turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now verse 36, now there was a Joppa. This is the story we are really going to. Exercising of faith is what we are talking about today. How your faith must walk. And when we say if your faith, it doesn't mean the faith of the fellow that is sick. It could be the faith of his friends. You know the story of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was preaching a place and some four guys are bringing a sick man, sick of palsy, paralyzed, and he couldn't get in. And they have to go to the roof of the house and throw out the roof or the ceiling and draw with the rope. They, they, draw, they drug this man in front of the crowd in front of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ looked at the man and said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. But it was the faith of this his friends. Because even if the man had faith and said, Please get me to this man, they got there and the friends don't have the faith, they would have said, Gee, we can't see, we can't get in, let's just go back, we don't waste our time. See, they will have just go back home. 
because the man can't make them carry him he can't make them to to tear the roof but these men these four men determined because they believed that if jesus will see this paralyzed man he will, sh- he will show compassion but how will he get to see this paralyzed man when there was so much crowd so that's what their faith is they must get in before jesus so it was the faith of those four men they went on the roof tore out the roof and the ceiling and dropped this man in front of jesus and when jesus christ saw their faith so the faith of this man then he did miracle for this young man for this man that was paralyzed so sometimes i'm saying then is sometimes it is the faith of the friends that we do the wonders to rather than the faith of the man that or the woman that is afflicted so this is the same example we see in this story here of this woman that already died so we can't see the woman is one that has faith but the the elders around the woman in the city where she died uh, well, they are they are the ones that have to exercise faith now. Verse 36. Say there was a at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabira, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and arms deeds, which she did. Now it was she was a disciple, so she a believer and had been doing good works. Verse 37 says, and it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died whom when they had watched they laid her in an upper chamber and for as much as leader was nigh to Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there they sent unto him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come to them now we let's stop on this verse 38 and analyze this remember when when there is a case of death the people the elders mostly the men have to step in and take action they have tried they have prayed and prayed and the situation of the woman died anyway now they were preparing her for burial that's when they washed the dead and clothed her and then they found they put they said they put her in the upper upper room because they wanted to wait for a while most of the time they would have just gone through the barrier but now they heard that peter apostle peter was nearby in another city not too far away let's say jerusalem was hundreds of miles away but this place where peter has traveled to was maybe some 15 kilometers away or something like that he said wow we can call Apostle Peter, maybe God can do miracles. We have prayed and prayed and prayed and no thing happened, but we don't know. Let's give God every chance we can get. Now, this is where we want to analyze it. There is what we call voice of reasoning that could have opposed their stopping or their delay. Some people would have said that they don't want to waste time. They say, well, we, have not, we have never heard about Heal, raising the dead, we know about healing the sick. Since the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected and went to heaven, there have been no case recorded of raising the dead before this time. Whether through the apostles in Jerusalem or anywhere, there was no case recorded. So these people have said, Well, we are just wasting our time. Or somebody could have suggested, Let's not waste time or call the apostle Peter whoever here. When this woman has been sick and we have prayed and prayed and prayed and now she's dead, why are we wasting our time? Let's just go bury her because 
we have never had these cases of raising the dead anymore. But these people are not going to take that type of reasoning. Other people would have risen and our doubts could have come and said, well, suppose we call Peter and then he prayed and, uh, and nothing happened. We just wasted one more day, one, two more days or three more days where we will have buried this woman. Uh, in those days, maybe they don't have mortuary. So, how, how long can they keep this woman in this upper room without before Peter comes and before they could bury her? But they were determined. See, all those voices of doubt, it's what I'm talking about, will come in. Voices of listening will come in. And we have to shut it down and speak the word or speak confession of our faith believing God and trusting God. Take another example was when the Lord Jesus Christ went to raise up Lazarus. If you know that story in John chapter 11. After he said, Where have you laid him? And they brought him to the cave where he was laid. They didn't know what the Lord Jesus Christ was going to do, but he knew what he was going to do. The first thing he told them was, Roll away the stone. Suggesting that they should take the stone away that covered the cave the, and the entrance to the cave where the dead Lazarus was laid. A voice of reasoning spoke up from Martha, Lazarus' sister. He said, Master, don't roll away the stone. He's been there four days now. He's thinking that by now. You see, that is a voice of reasoning. He's already thinking. That's why it means that don't roll away the stone. He's already thinking. But you see, that is an opposition to what Jesus Christ just said because he knew what he wanted to do he wanted to raise Lazarus back but he has not told anybody that's what he come to do but all the apostles were just wondering what he going to do now because they are saying if he had been here before he died he wouldn't have died but Martha said I know even now if you ask God will give it to you even now that he has been dead God can still give it to you because you are the son of God and Christ said your brother will rise again but now he, got to, he came to the cave and he said roll away the stone the same matter that I said I know even now if you ask anything God will give to you she was one that spoke and said she's thinking by now that means don't roll away the stone said, but the Lord Jesus Christ silenced that voice of reasoning and said did I not tell you that if you will believe you shall see the glory of God you wonder about what does that, how does that counteract the road, don't roll away the stone he's saying I'm telling you to believe. If, but she just have to go back to what she said before. I know that even now, if you ask anything from God, God will give it to you. But Martha has forgotten that. She was talking in the physical. She's, the, the, the corpse is sinking right now. Which means, don't roll away the stone. But Christ said, didn't I say, if you will believe, you will see the glory of God? So, what we are saying then is, when the voice of listening comes, you have to shut it down by voice, by word also. And that's why Christ said, I say, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Now, these people, let's go back to the Acts of the Apostles. These people, when they came to to the time to, to, to bury these dockers and they heard that Peter was in the other city there and they wanted to go and call for Peter, those type of voice of reasoning could have risen up from other members of their group and said, why waste our time? No one has heard about raising the dead since Jesus Christ went up to heaven. Three more days to get Peter over here, we're just wasting time. That would be voice of reasoning that didn't want to waste time. Impatience can come in like that. You see, voice of impatience, we have to shut it down. 
and be patient with God. Voice of reasoning, you have to shut it down and say, well, suppose Peter comes and nothing happens. That's reasoning. We, suppose Peter comes and nothing happens. That will be reasoning. So all of those things have to be shut down or doubt. Those are voices of doubt, voices of reasoning. We have to shut it down and act like the God, what God says we should act. And then they went and called for Peter. In verse 39, then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed. Now look at that, verse 40. Peter pulled them all forth. Many times we are we are afraid to tell people to go out. We shouldn't be afraid because we don't want sometimes unbelief and doubt to get out. Because they were already crying. That means they are crying that the woman is dead. Not so. They were not thinking that Peter was going to be raising this woman from the dead. But if, if anybody is crying, is crying and mourning is giving up. That means you have given up on the situation. If they are not crying, they are standing with Peter, believing that Peter, when you pray, God is going to do something. They won't be crying. They will be standing firm. But see, people cry and money means they gave up already. So, but you can't give up if you are exercising faith. You cannot give up. Let me quickly throw in a story that happened in my own story many years ago when we were still preaching in Africa. I went to a family and in, while I was a, a family friend, actually their brethren, and I went to them, I passing through their city really, and I brought into a place just to say hello to them. And they told me, oh yeah, they just came from the hospital where they took their little baby to the doctor. She, the baby was having some fever or something. So, and, they asked, and when they just, they, just, they just came back when I was coming in, and then they entertained me. And we were talking, the, the father of the baby, carried the baby, and playing with the baby on the on the dining table while I was being given some food to eat. Within a few minutes that I, I was eating, the daddy called on me and said, Brajulos, please, please, please come, because the baby was choking or convulsing, ready to give up the ghost. And the daddy was holding the baby and holding the baby's mouth so that he, didn't, he shouldn't close his mouth. It's what people assume, that if he closed his mouth, the baby is gone. And I rushed there and I started laying my hand upon the baby praying and the mother of the baby rushed right there, only the three of us are the adults in the house. The mother, the father and myself, that was the guest. But I, and they knew me, I was minister of the gospel. So we were praying and praying and I was speaking in tongues, commanding the baby to, to, be, to, to, to recover. And the baby was just choking with his eyes almost turning turning red, I mean, the, the eyes was turning, it was almost something, something was trying to come out of his mouth and they were holding his mouth so that he shouldn't close that mouth. I don't know where people get the idea that when the baby is convulsed, they shouldn't let him close his mouth, otherwise the spirit is gone. So they were holding that mouth to keep it open and the baby was choking, oh, 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 oh. and I was, I was just laying my hand upon the head of the baby and praying and speaking in tongues, calling on the Lord. After we had been doing that for almost, I don't know, 10 minutes, the mother just busted into cry. You see, that's what I'm trying to say. People started weeping and mourning only when they give up. 
the more that after we have prayed for almost 10 minutes and the baby couldn't recover the daddy was still carrying the baby in his hand and holding the baby's mouth with his other hand and i was having my hand upon the head of the baby praying and please speaking in tongues commanding peace and the mother was also praying along because we are all believers in christ but after 10 minutes of that continuous prayer and stopping and nothing changed the mother just started shedding tears and immediately she wanted to burst into tears what me and the daddy said is sister stop it we just corrected her right away and that is what i'm trying when we corrected her she gathered herself together and she started praying along that weeping and mourning is what i'm trying to refer to it that means you give up you don't give up you keep on praying and if you start mourning and weeping means that you give up so that is one reason why peter had to send these people out in verse 40 of acts of the apostles chapter 9 and to conclude the story i just mentioned after a few more minutes the lord came through and the baby recovered and this thing i'm telling you now this baby is gone to college and married but what i'm talking about happened in the 1970s so but what we are saying is that don't give up keep on hanging it with the lord don't begin to mourn and cry because if you begin to mourn and cry means you have given up and this is what happened in this story of acts of the apostles chapter 9 apostle peter was brought to the upper room where the dead doctors was laid and all the widows are mourning and shedding tears but apostle peter has to put them out of the room verse 14 because if you are going to exercise your faith you can't entertain those who are mourning and already giving up they are disturbing your faith so peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed now we don't know how long he prayed but the bible said he prayed which means he was trying to get through to the lord jesus christ to the master trying to get through to heaven and he kneeled down and prayed and then turning him to the body said tabira arise and she opened her eyes and when she saw peter she sat up so now this is what the lord has told me in that example you need to get through to the holy ghost to the spirit you need to get through to the spirit world to be able to bring somebody back from the grave and that was what peter had to do in kneeling down praying once he knelt down praying the holy ghost will take him into the spirit world to negotiate to bring this person back that was what the lord told me in many visions that I, I was in one vision like that where the Lord showed to me that I was trying to call somebody back and the Holy Ghost said, no, it's not on that side, it's on this side. And he took me to the spirit world. You, that's what Apostle Peter did. He will have to go into that spirit world and saw the person and decree that this is what must happen. And then they let the person go and the baby, the person will wake up on this side. And that was what the Apostle Peter just prayed. And when he got it through over there, the Bible said, after he got it through over on the spirit world, he turned himself to the body and said, Tabitha, arise. And that was when the woman opened her eyes and just saw that it was Peter and she sat up. And Jesus Christ has done that over and over again and he's still able to do it and he's still doing it now. He's going to do more at the same time where many dead will be raised. In fact, at the same time, God is going to call the dead back to life before the rapture. Some saints will be, raptured, will be, will be resurrected to go with the believers during rapture. It has been prophesied that that will happen. Because the dead in Christ shall rise for us, is what the Bible said. And we that are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the air to meet the Lord in the air. In the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That is going to first be done by God allowing some dead sins to be called back alive. 
this will happen as we have been, have been prophesied and that is why I say it's going to happen more and more raising the dead is going to happen at this end time before the rapture and the Lord will demonstrate first by saying that he has abolished death he has power to raise the dead and then he's going to make us to see that he's going to make us to see that he's going, he has given that power to the church to call the dead back to life and then while that is taking place the rapture will take place because Christ Himself will come down and call the the first the first the first the churches the, the believers that have died in Christ that He wanted to raise up. He will call them from the sky, and then we all go and meet Him in the air. He's going to allow that at the same time, and we are looking up for that. Now we are looking for it. Are you prepared to go and meet the Lord in the air? Are you one of them that are looking up to heaven? You better prepare because the Lord is coming soon. There's all these signs and all these things we are preaching now to tell you about the faith that we must have because without faith. It is impossible to please the Lord. You must exercise your faith. And exercising faith means putting action forward. Like these men, they put the action forward by believing and shutting down every voice of reasoning, every voice of doubt, and gave God one more chance by calling Peter. Not giving up, they called Peter. And Peter came by there and he took out, took out of the room all those that are still mourning. Those who are mourning means they have given up. And he took them out and he knelt down and talked to the Father. And the Lord took him into the spirit world. And he got the answer. He called that doctors back to life. And the glory belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is going to do that again and again at the same time. And we are asking you to come and be a, a partaker of this by accepting Jesus. And if you have already accepted Jesus, begin to exercise your faith. Learning from all these examples that your faith must hang in tough. Believe in God. Believe in His word. And he will answer you. This has been Evangelist Julius Adeomi of the Gospel Distribution Ministry. Write to us, Post Office Box 71027, Phoenix, Arizona 85050. On the internet, www.gospeldistribution.org. And we shall be sending you some more exhortation. God bless you. Amen.